Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's On a Saturday! It's All Even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, comment, because the page is growing, baby. That All Even Wave. Lots to get into. NFL Draft, that's the biggest news of the weekend and what's going on. We're going to talk about that. Phone the Friend is back. We got Bryson Carver, fellow podcaster. That's my man. We're going to chop it up about all things sports, NFL Draft, and all that other stuff. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Day three of the NFL Draft is underway right now. Everything's moving fine. Everything's moving along. Teams are picking their players and filling out the bulk of their rosters for depth reasons and finding diamonds in the rough and all that stuff. But when we got started, it was Thursday, and it's a lot of optimism around this draft in regards to the quarterbacks that were in this draft, the top five quarterbacks, and we all knew where certain guys were going to go. We all knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to go number one. We all knew that Zach Wilson was penciled in for the Jets at number two. After that point, it got a little dicey. We did not really know exactly where guys were going to go. But Atlanta was the gatekeeper at four, right? We heard that San Francisco at three was in love with Mac Jones. That's my guy. I was very supportive of that particular move if they were going to make it. So Thursday... The anticipation was building and everybody's waiting. And lo and behold, Zach Wilson goes number two. And then the bomb drops. The 49ers select Trey Lance. And all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. Everybody was shocked. Everybody didn't realize what the hell was going on. But I knew that what this meant was Mac Jones is going to now drop. And Kyle Pitts was going to be the number four pick to Atlanta. He goes four. But then things get a little, they get a little iffy. So the Bengals, who have a young quarterback in Joe Burrow, just coming off ACL surgery, has a huge scar on his knee. It's about protecting your quarterback for the next 15 years, making sure that he's upright, he's clean, he's protected, he has time to throw the football. They go Jamar Chase. 
Now, it's not a it's not a bad move. It's not a shock. It's not really a a, a move that I'm saying that they couldn't have made. I understand it. I understand the LSU connection, but you had Penny Sewell there, one of the most athletic tackles we've seen. And for a franchise that has Anthony Munoz in the Hall of Fame as one of the best offensive linemen in the history of football, wouldn't you think that they would go ahead and take a guy like Penny Sewell? Wouldn't it make sense to go Penny Sewell? Because if you don't have time to throw the football, who cares who you're throwing it to? Jamar Chase, you can have Megatron, you can have uh, Randy Moss. It doesn't matter. If your quarterback is on his back, he's not throwing the football. That's the problem. Number six, the talented Jalen Waddle goes to the Dolphins. That was a great move for the Dolphins. They they needed a, a big-time weapon. They got the weapon in Jalen Waddle. You know, it's coming off injury, but he's going to be healthy. He's going to be fine. That's a big-time target. It's going to be great to watch. Now, at seven... Obviously, the Lions have a pick of the litter, right? They can be able to go anywhere at this point. And they took Penny Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon. The kid is super, super talented. I love this pick. I love this pick for the Lions. I actually love what the Lions have been doing so far in this draft. I think the Lions have had one of the best drafts so far. Um, the Jets as well. At eight, this is where things got a little bit like, huh? They took J.C. Horn. The Panthers took J.C. Horn. I didn't really understand it, but granted, they needed they needed defense. They needed some secondary help. J.C. Horn is really, really talented. I'm not saying that he wasn't good enough to go here. I was just shocked that they did it. But the real kicker, <laughs> the real kicker is the team in Denver. They need a quarterback. They traded for Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to be their transitional guy. They hate Drew Locke. They want Drew Locke out of here. They want to give him a bus ticket and tell him to get out of town. They're not even going to give him a, a flight. They want him out of town on a bus. That's how much they can't stand Drew Locke right now. And what do they do? They go ahead and they draft Patrick Sertain, a cornerback. Great player, but that's not what they needed. They didn't need that. Now, granted, they're looking at it like, listen, we have a position of strength here. We're already good at cornerback. Let's get great at cornerback. Cool. I, I get that, but I still would have went quarterback here. Number 10, the Eagles take Devontae Smith. They needed a wide receiver in the worst way. This is a good move for the Eagles. Finally, they do something right because they've been botching it over the last couple years anyway. The Bears move up and trade for Justin Fields. That was a stellar move for them. I think Justin Fields, he's not ready to play right now. But in a year, he's definitely going to be ready to go. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they go ahead and do that. Obviously, Andy Dalton is a starter right now. They're going to have to hype him up. That's why they brought him in. They're not going to say that he's not going to be the guy. But if Andy Dalton struggles, I can see them going to Justin Fields. If they end up being 1-7 at one point, I can see them turning over the keys to Justin Fields to see what he has. At number 12... My Dallas Cowboys take Micah Parsons. I, I was I was beside myself on Thursday night. I wasn't happy. But once I settled in and understood that Micah Parsons, he's a really good player. I think he was probably the best overall, best defensive player in this draft. It's just that where does he fit? Is he going to be on the field right away? Is he going to be able to make an impact right away? I, I need to see how Dan Quinn is going to be able to put him in because that was my concern. It wasn't the fact that he wasn't talented. It was more, is he going to be able to show his talent on the field this year? 
Number 13, I think, was the one of the best picks in the first round to me, in my opinion. Chargers getting Rayshon Slater from Northwestern. That's great. Protect my man Herbert over there. That's going to be a really, really good partnership over there. I like what the Chargers are doing. The Jets trade up and get Vera Tucker out of USC. That's also a great move for the young quarterback that they have over there. So the Jets have also been very, very impressive in this draft. At 15, and this is where I'm going to stop, top 15, the Patriots take Mac Jones. I think that this is a perfect situation for him to land in. Obviously, San Francisco would have been the the more preferred destination for myself because I like Kyle Shanahan. But the Patriots have an offense that's already catered to a quarterback that's like Mac Jones. Quick decisions, quick reads, one-step drops, check downs, all of that stuff. So Mac Jones can be able to execute exactly what Bill Belichick wants. He wants the ball to be out fast. He wants the guy to understand the playbook. He wants the guy to understand the offense and what's asked of him. So Mac Jones can be able to do that. So I'm really, really excited to see what he's going to be able to bring to the table because I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Mac Jones. I, I think he's going to be a stellar quarterback. The quarterback that I'm not a big fan of is Zach Wilson. Did y'all see the the video of him like he's posing with other you know prospects and they're flexing in the camera and you know popping their collars and and doing all of this and he's just looking around like what's going on here like he does not look like a quarterback he looks like a ball boy or somebody who washes the, the 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 towels that's what he looks like and this guy is going to new york of all places in his division alone there are great defense you got to deal with the bills the dolphins the pats so as i said joe douglas is hitting a home run in this draft every round they've done well they've gotten offense they've gotten defense they've gotten offensive line they've done a lot of good things here they have to they have to you even heard robert Salas say to him hey listen we're not looking for you to Build us up. We're going to build you up. Yeah, you got to tell him that. You got to tell Jim McMahon that you're going to build him an 85 Bears defense. You're going to build him a great offensive line so he can't get touched. That's what Zach Wilson is to me. He doesn't look like special. He may have the attributes, the big arm. He can flush out of the pocket, have escapability. He does not look the part. He does not look like a poised quarterback. So y'all went for all of the metrics and the 40 time and all the the analytical stuff when you should be worried about not being successful against good teams over 500, not being able to have a good game against teams that are over 500. He looks terrible, terrible. But hey, the Jets are going to build him up, right? going to prop him up, going to make sure that he's successful. Why couldn't you do that with Sam? I'm going to keep beating the Sam Donald train until I'm proven otherwise, that he can't play, that he's not good. Because I think that what they're doing over there in Carolina, putting him with a whole bunch of talent, they just drafted Chubba Hubbard as well. They, They have a dynamic offense. They have Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, Matt Rule, the the defense is coming along. Now they got J.C. Horn. I'm telling y'all, 
all the Jets had to do was trust this kid. But they end up trusting the guy. He's never been in New York. He looks like he's never been outside of where he lives. Like, yo, they're putting their franchise in this kid's hands. It got to be the Jets. It has to be the Jets to pick this guy. Got Trey Lance out there. You got Justin Fields out there. You got all of these talented guys. You got all of these guys that look the part, look like quarterbacks. No, no, no. You take the guy that looks like he's the captain of the chess team. Yes. <laughs> you don't take Spider-Man. You take Peter Park. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait till this backfires on the Jets because, listen, that's what they deserve. The Bengals are getting this stuff together, so I can't even call the Bengals a dumpster fire anymore. But, man, oh, man, I hope, I really hope that the Jets have figured this out. Because if not, you can forget about the Jets being any good for the next 7 to 10 years if they screw this up. And kudos to the Giants as well. Getting Kadarius Tony at 20 and getting a first-round pick next year, big move for the Giants. So, Definitely don't want to leave them out. The fact that they picked there is Tony a little later, 20. But listen, they 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 did well. They did what they had to do. So both New York teams did well overall. You know, like I said, I'm still down on Jim McMahon. I mean, uh, Zach Wilson. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how all of this unfolds. Coming up after the break, phone a friend with my fellow podcaster, Bryson Carver. On a Saturday, it's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money for that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, 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 we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> listen. Shout out to the All Even podcast. My oh, man yeah. Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, what you, what you want to say to the people? Shout out somebody else's podcast. Yeah, my nigga's enjoying. What's up? All Even. All Even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this on something. All Even. Yo, you. Oh my God. What's up with you, man? Now you well, that's a shot of you keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump all even podcast, right? Yeah, all shout even. Shout out to all even podcast, right? Yeah. All even. Uh, that's your man? My man. All right, shout out to all even podcast. 100%. He cool. Is he? he cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. I said about Oh. 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 Welcome back, y'all. So now to my favorite segment. Phone a friend. Call him up. 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 Competing for a reason, trying to stay undefeated. Yeah. Call him up. 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 Game of the season, don't lie, we're all leaving. Yeah. Who we have on the show today is a good friend of mine. You know, I kind of look up to him because he's so good, so good. Uh, host of Carving It Up, my man Bryson Carver. Welcome to the show, my man. Appreciate you having me on, Barry. How you doing? Of course, of course, of course. I I finally had to get you on phone, a friend, man. So um, I guess let's start at the beginning. Like you know, you're a young guy. You know, you 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 haven't finished high school yet, but you are wise beyond your years, my man. And uh, you know, how did this all start? Obviously, you have to have an affinity for sports. You have to have a love for sports to want to to want to do this at such a young age. So how did it start? Was it something with your dad or something with your mom? Was it, you know, a family thing? Is this a, is this, it, 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 the sports run in your family? 
It does. Uh, you know, my dad uh, used to play baseball. Obviously, he's a baseball guy. It's really the number one reason I got in, into that. Nice. But as far as sports, I think as far as professional sports, the NFL was kind of my first love. Okay. Um, I know back in, it was the 2014-15 season, and uh, it was the very first NFL game I watched start to finish was that championship game be- between uh, Seattle and Green Bay. That was the yeah. game where Seattle had that epic comeback won the game in overtime and it's, it's kind of amazing. I didn't become a Seahawks fan because of that. Right. But uh, <laughs> it, I mean, and then two weeks later you got the Super Bowl, which was the, one of the best games I've ever seen when you had yes. the interception at the one. And after that, I was kind of like, man, this is, th- this is where it's at. And so of course I become an NFL fan later on because of the greatness of the shooting of Steph Curry. I become an NBA fan and a Warriors fan. Right. Um, and obviously as I've, I've always been a, a big poppy fan, so I became a Red Sox fan. So nice, nice. A, a, after that, you know, it just kind of following sports for the last few years. And, um, I know we were, we were driving around one day and, um, and my, my dad suggested, Hey, why don't you start a podcast? And I swear I'd never really thought of it before. Right. And so, I, I've been thinking about it. Okay. How do I get the equipment? How do I get this set up? You know, watching YouTube videos and, and, and whatnot. And I know we were, we were eating one night and I have to give credit where credit's due. We, we were discussing like, what, what would the name of the show be called? Like, I don't, I don't want to do the Bryson Carver show. That's too right. generic. <laughs> uh, but, but I was, I was sitting there thinking and, and my sister said, how about you do carve, uh, carving it up? I was like, you know what? That's that, that's it. Nice. And so, Shout, I, you know, I start the show. Yeah, the yeah, assistant. Absolutely. No, no doubt. Start the show on October 21st of 2019 and I've uh, been going ever since. And it's, it's, it's been awesome, man. Wow. 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 That's amazing, man. That, so you, you actually got started before me because I started July of 2020. So, you know, you, you, you definitely, definitely have a, you have a polished sound already. And, you know, in this business, it's always about, learning and growing like you never just kind of settle into your laurels you never get complacent it's always about getting better and gaining more knowledge so as you go on you're just gonna see I'm sure you've seen from where you started to now how much you've changed in that time you know what I'm saying no quite no question there's clear difference from then and now and just you know practice makes perfect so that's that that's kind of where I'm at yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So did you play sports as a kid? Like, you know, was was that something that 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 was, you know, big into like and what sport was it, you know, your favorite sport in regards to playing other than watching? Growing up, I played just about every sport except for football. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously for you know, don't get hurt, you don't want to get, you know, badly injured. Yeah. But you know, played little league baseball. My dad was the coach, had you know, time of my life. Um up until a few years ago, I was playing basketball, wasn't you know great. So uh, I, I guess I, I was, I was better at talking about sports rather than playing sports, you know, <laughs> That's all we all right. got to stay in our lane at, right. at some point, but, uh, you know, played soccer a little bit, but nothing I ever really perfected. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, obviously I, I'd love to, you know, go out and play pickup basketball or, or, you know, sling the pig, pigskin around a little bit, but, yeah. uh, nothing I've really, uh, I guess gotten really, really good at, if you will. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I hear that, you know, and that's the thing too, like a lot of people, think that just because you haven't played a sport professionally you can't speak about it like that's always the thing well you hear these guys oh well you haven't played like what does it matter I've watched this my entire life I know the game just because I haven't played it you have a different perspective that's great but my perspective means something as well so you know right. it's it's 
is really interesting. I, I love that. Um, I wish that when I was 17, 18, that I had that type of vision, but all I wanted to do was play basketball. All I cared about was playing basketball and not going to class. So, um, you know, the, the fact that you, you have a, an idea of where you're going now, is this something that you want to pursue? The, the fact that you started it and you're so good at it, is this something that you want to pursue or is there something else that you're actually, you know, going for? Is there something else that you, you know, that you're aspiring to do? You know, to be honest with you, Barry, I obviously love doing the show. I'd like to continue it for, for years to come. Yeah. Um, as far as a career, I'm not 100% sure on that yet. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, kind of, you know, researching careers, researching yeah. professions, what I'd like to do when, when I become an adult. And um, so I, I'm, I'm not I'm not 100% sure whether I'd like to do this long term or not uh, as far as, you know, you know, monetizing what I'm doing. Right, but, right. Uh, you know, I, I certainly love doing the show and, I, and I'd like to continue it for years to come. Definitely. Definitely. Well, listen, man, you, you know, you have some time to figure it out. Um, but if you do decide to go down that route, you know, I'm, I'm nudging you there. So parents, <laughs> the Carver, my, the Carver parents, my, my people, I love you. I love your parents. Nudge him the best. In, the, in this direction because, you know, you guys done a great job raising this young man. You know, like I said, I, I'm very, very appreciative. You know, I, I, I'm glad that we became friends. Um, you know, so definitely looking forward to seeing, you know, what you do in the future. So, you know, now all of those nice things are out of the way. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and this interesting situation in Green Bay. Because, Bryson, if everybody thinks that this is a now thing for Aaron Rodgers, they're mistaken. He has been unhappy with the Green Bay Packers for at least probably close to a decade. And everybody just thinks that, okay, you know, it's the old school mentality where he's the quarterback, you know, he's the lifer. He's going to be here through good, bad, and different, whatever it is, Aaron Rodgers will be here. It's fine. But I've never seen an organization be this cheap and outright cheap with not surrounding this guy with talent, it amazes me how he can be able to look around and say, okay, well, Tom Brady was in New England for all those years and dominated. Now he's in Tampa, won a Super Bowl. I see all these other guys with weapons. Patrick Mahomes, he's a baby, he just got in this league. He's an MVP and a champion. And look at the weapons that he has. You see, even, even a guy like, uh, like Stafford, Matthew Stafford, look at the weapons that he has yep. with the Rams. And it's like, okay, I have Devontae Adams. I love the guy. But what else do we have here? We saw how badly they struggled in that game against the, the, the Bucks when Aaron Jones went down. Mm-hmm. They didn't have anybody else. I feel if Aaron Jones would have been healthy, I think we would have had a different game. But now we know what the, what the end result was, who's the champion, and who's left holding the bag. It's Aaron Rodgers. So – what are your thoughts about that? Do you think that Green Bay actually realizes what they're doing? And do you think that they can be able to repair this relationship? Because honestly, I, I just think it's beyond repair, in my opinion. I think you're right about the fact that they've been, that th- this has been going for about a decade or so. Yeah. I feel like back, we, we're going back to the 2018 season, you know, Aaron hurts his knee really bad. Obviously he had a down year that year. I think that knee injury was bothering him all the way through the whole year. Right. Yeah. 
And that ended up, of course, being Mike McCarthy's last year. I think, you know, I've heard multiple former Packers players that were teammates with Aaron Rodgers and obviously played under coach Mike McCarthy. They said, man, these two couldn't stand each other. Right. Uh, Aaron couldn't stand the fact that, you know, Mike McCarthy would, uh, you know, get massages during walkthroughs and, 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 and McCarthy couldn't stand the fact that, you know, Aaron would improvise, even though he's one of the best, maybe the best improviser at the, at the position right. of all time. Um, but I, I think once they hired Matt LaFleur, Aaron kind of sat back as like, okay, maybe we're turning over a new leaf. Maybe this is the start of something different. Right. And so they, they go 13 and three in that 2019 season. Okay. They lose in the NFC championship game, but you can say, okay, we, we, we made strides from, from right. a year ago. And now it's like, okay, we, we've got a solid defense, great offensive line. Aaron Jones had a breakout season, Devontae Adams. We just need to add a little bit of depth at the wide receiver position. Right. And they draft a quarterback in the first round. And to me, that was, that was the boiling point. That was the beginning of the end of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah. Is he's, he's like, guys, we got just about everything else. Just give me some talent at the wide receiver position to pair up with Devontae Adams. Because as I brought up on many occasions, we saw in this past NFC Championship game, when Tampa Bay took Devontae away, it was, it was over. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when, you, know, you look at since 2005 when Aaron was drafted, they've drafted one skill position player on the offensive side of the football, and that is Jordan Love. And so you, you also bring up the fact that they've been cheap. You know, you, you have the hometown kid, J.J. Watt, who's available in free agency, and he wanted to go to Green Bay. He went just, you know, $15, 16000000 million for, you know, a year or so. And they're like, no, we're, we're not. The only reason Aaron Jones came back is because he took a discount. Right. They let their right. center go in free agency. Unbelievable. And so, and, and sometimes you hear them complain about Aaron's salary, and Aaron's making less than Mahomes, Dak, Russ, Deshaun, probably about to be either Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson soon. Right. So this, this has been the backbone of your franchise for almost 15 years now, and you still have not put together the necessary talent around him offensively. And so the one thing I keep going back to is the one time the Packers organization was aggressive, whether it be free agency or in trades. They, they went and got Charles Woodson in 2009. Okay, Charles Woodson won Defensive Player of the Year. A year later, what do you know? They won the Super Bowl. Right. And you know they also had a top 10 defense that year in part because of you know the future Hall of Famer. And so he's like, you know, the one time you actually went for it, look where it got us. Right. And, I, you know, he's, he's won three MVPs since then, and time and time again they fall short either in the divisional round or in the NFC Championship game to uh, a, a team that doesn't have a better quarterback but a team that's run better. Right. And so that's, I don't blame Aaron for his frustrations. And um, I think it's, I think it's about time. Yeah, definitely. Now, you know, you brought it up on your show yesterday that he may just end up pulling a power move, just like how Carson Palmer did. That's it. In regards to retiring and, you know, maybe taking a year off and then coming back somewhere else where he actually wants to go. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't blame him for that. I wouldn't, I, you know, there's sometimes you can be able to criticize people and say, oh, well, listen, they, they, you got to figure it out. You know, I've always been on that Deshaun Watson thing. Listen, he has to figure it out there in Houston. Blah, blah, blah. We all know what was going on over there. But in this situation, it's like I don't fault Aaron for any part of it because think about it, right? He's, he's not happy that they drafted Jordan Love. He's also not happy about his contract. So he would say, listen, I would stay here and be miserable. Just pay me. Pay me what I want, and I'll stay here. I'll be the model citizen. I'll 
you know, I'll fly the Green Bay Packers banner. I'll be the, uh, the, the ambassador for this franchise. I don't really care, but I'll do it just as long as you're paying me for it. And the fact that you're not doing that, you came to me and you wanted to, to restructure my deal. No, I'm not restructuring anything. And why would I restructure this deal to help you do what? Go get a defensive lineman? Go get another cornerback? Go get somebody that can't help me on the offensive side of the football? What am I restructuring for? That's how he's looking at it. If you're yep. going to restructure and give me some offense, oh, I'll, I'll give you $20 million back. But the fact that you're not going to do that, I know you're not going to do that. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not restructuring my deal. Like, look at look at the draft that we just, that's going on right now. We, you know, we're in day three of the draft. Then the fourth round is, is, is the fourth round continuing or did they, they, they finished? I think we're on the backside of the fourth round. Okay, right backside of the fourth round right now. They just drafted a, a, a wide receiver. Now the guy's good out of Clemson. Was it yes. Amari Rogers? He's, a, he's, he's good. really like, but he's more of like a gadget guy, like a more running back slash, you know, wide receiver type. So if they they can definitely use him, but is Aaron Rodgers going to be there? That's the thing. It's like I don't know if they can be able to repair this relationship. Now we've seen that according to reports, he has the Raiders. Uh, What's the other teams that he had on his list? I think it was the Niners and the Broncos, but obviously the Niners are, are out right. of the picture now. Niners are out of the picture now because they're they're fully invested with going with uh with Trey Lance. Right. Um, the Broncos though, the fact that they didn't get a quarterback, I mm-hmm. think the Broncos are definitely in play here because they have a history of doing this, don't they, Bryson? Like Peyton, yep. they took a they took a chance on Peyton Manning when nobody would touch him with a ten foot pole because of that neck. And look what ended up happening. He set records and they won a Super Bowl. So what can you be able to do with, like you say, like how I say, the best throw of the football that's ever played this game? They would be able to do wonders in that offense. They have some great young pieces on that offense. They really do. Yep. Noah Fant, uh, what's my man, Sutton. They, they have so Judy. many. Judy, you know, Melvin Gordon is over there. So they, they have some guys that they really can be able to use and allow Aaron Rodgers to finally have some decent weapons around him. So that's not a bad situation. If, if I'm Denver, obviously, you know, you're going to have to give up a King's ransom. But is Green Bay willing to, to even listen? I don't think so. That, that's what I'm hearing is that they're not even answering any calls for Aaron. But if he threatens retirement at that point as an organization, you have to pick up the phone, don't you? Well, of course, I don't think there's a question, but I think with, you know, we saw two other quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. Not, I mean, Deshaun Russ requested a trade. Russ was, was, you know, borderline yes. that, but you know, Deshaun lost all the leverage when what happened, you know, Co- went correct. down a, a, a month or so ago, Russell Wilson. My, my thing is, I don't think Russell was ever that serious about possibly leaving Seattle. I, I think, think he was just safe. pushing the organization to make yeah. some moves. Yeah. Um, but even if, even if you let's just say for the sake of argument, all three requested a trade. Aaron by far is the most leverage. Absolutely. By far. Absolutely. Because you're talking about an organization that their last two quarterbacks, how many, how many guys can say how many teams can say this? Their last two starting quarterbacks have been Hall of Famers. Right. Like first ballot <laughs> Hall of Famers. Right. And they've got two rings in 30 years. Right. Two. Oh, it's terrible. It's yeah. Terrible. And, and we've seen, you know, whether it was 2013, 2017, when Aaron was out with injury. It, it was it was a it was a train wreck, complete and so train wreck. It, it, it was. I I just don't understand why 
all he's asking for is just a little bit of help. That's all. I mean, right. this, this is an organization that's not, not going to track free agents. This is a small town, freezing cold in the winter, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Right. And, uh, and you have this guy, a guy who I consider a top 10 quarterback ever. Right. And, and you, you can't put the adequate talent around him, whether it's trading for somebody, whether it's, you know, go after Kenny Galladay and free agency. Right. You know, uh, uh, go after, you know, maybe, maybe trade for a, a slot receiver um, or, or, you know, maybe take a receiver earlier than the fourth or the third round. Right. You know, th- that Elijah Moore kid from uh, Ole Miss, I thought they were going to take him. Right. And he went to the Jets. Yeah. Took, they took a corner. Yeah. And, and so th- this is it's, it's been the same story for for years and years. And, and finally, it's reaches its its breaking point. And, and again, I, I think he holds all the leverage. And I would not be shocked if he took a year off and, and you know, enjoyed the, the Jeopardy hosting gig. You know, he's going to get married soon. And then he takes a look at the whole NFL and sees, okay, just like Tom Brady did, who can I win with right now? And who's exactly. going to be aggressive um, exactly. and put me in the position to win more rings? Yeah, no, nah, you're 100% right, man. But the, <laughs> the part that I always like to laugh about when I heard this report come out is that if you're Green Bay, right, if you're the – front office the president the owner and gm how can you be shocked <laughs> oh you can't be shocked <laughs> right like like you see this report said oh oh well aaron wants like you know they have to know how angry he is like them of all people should know that okay we haven't spoken to aaron in maybe six weeks or so he's not talking to us like you're kind of getting the hint it's kind of like if you're in a relationship in you know, all of a sudden you're calling your girlfriend or you're calling your boyfriend or whatever it is. And you're not, you're not having those conversations anymore. The answers are short. They're always telling you they'll call you back and then they don't call you back. Like you're supposed to start getting the hint that something's up, right? That's simple. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to go, he's hosting jeopardy of all things because he doesn't want to be in green Bay. It was always a weird fit. Anyway, he's a Cali kid. You always wanted to play for the 49ers. They had a chance to get him. They ended up getting Alex Smith instead. He drops, you know, down the down, down the, the, the board to Green Bay. Great. It was never an ideal fit. They took a chance on him. He was, I'm sure he's very appreciative. But at the end of the day, what Brett Favre has had in his in his career in regards to certain weapons is not what Aaron Rodgers has had. When you think about it, like, yes, Brett Favre had more than what Aaron Rodgers had to deal with. And for some reason, I I just I I don't understand that. I don't understand how you can have arguably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen in this game to not have the weapons afforded to him. It's just it's one of the sad stories in sports. It really is. And it bothers me, Bryson, because he gets criticized so loudly for it. It's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers chokes again. Oh, they can't get, but look at what he has around him. That's like when LeBron was in Cleveland and he had Eric yes. Snow and he had, uh, 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 what's the other guy? Anderson Varejao. He had uh, uh, Antoine Jameson. Mo Williams. He, he, Mo Williams. Uh, Booby Gibson. He took those teams to the finals. Like, what are we talking about here? This right. is, this is basically what Aaron Rodgers had to deal with. And also, too, as good as Matt LaFleur is, Matt LaFleur has a big ego. And I think that's part of the reason why Aaron Rodgers really doesn't want to be here at all. I think 
initially when Matt LaFleur uh, got hired, like you said, he's looking at it like, okay, this might be a new leaf. Maybe they're turning over a new leaf. Maybe we're going to be a little bit more offensive now because we have this guy. But what we've seen is that Matt LaFleur came there believing that Aaron Rodgers was done. Yeah. And that's why they drafted Jordan Love. When you draft the guy in the first round, Bryson, and he doesn't even dress. He didn't he he wasn't even the uh the, the backup. He wasn't even the back. He didn't dress. He wasn't on the sidelines. That's how bad it was. Like, how Jeez. can you not be upset with that? Now, Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP. That is despite his organization, because his organization believed that he was on a decline, just like how Brett Favre was starting to be on a decline when they were starting to say, oh, well, maybe maybe it's time to get Brett out of here. Maybe we don't want to wait around for him saying, oh, he's going to retire. He's not going to retire. He's going to stay. He's going to leave. Like maybe we, we kind of needle him and push him out the door. But we saw that Brett Favre still had a lot of juice left. He went to the Jets, played well. You know, he did. He tore his, he tore his, uh, uh, his tricep. And, you know, that was the rest of the season. And then he, he goes to, to Minnesota and they're a game away from the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's, it's amazing how an organization like this can continue to make blunders, continue to just fall over themselves and not realize the mistakes that they're making. Like, you're not going to get another Aaron Rodgers. They're no. not. They were very grateful to have a guy like Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. You're not getting any kind of quarterback like that possibly ever again in your franchise. Think about, to the team's... Just look in the division, the Chicago Bears. How long has it taken them to find a franchise quarterback? Maybe if they, yeah, yeah. maybe they found it now in just in Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields a lot. Me too. But it's, I mean, Jay Cutler that didn't work. Uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky. You know, that was that was a, a bust. He's, Nick he's Foles. a backup now in Buffalo. Who's that? Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah, that I don't, I don't know if they ever thought of him as a franchise quarterback. But right. Yeah, that's right. Grossman <laughs> since, since the '60s. I mean, even even the the, the '85. Yeah, that won the Super Bowl, in my view, the greatest defense of all time. Right. Jim McMahon was not a franchise quarterback. Oh, you're talking about uh, Zach Wilson? Or you said Jim McMahon, which one? Same guy, same guy. <laughs> <laughs> same headband, same, same dude. But that, that's that's the thing. It, you know, even the Detroit Lions, I think Matthew Stafford is as, as talented as they come. Yes. Aaron Rodgers yes. said himself, he's, he's you know, people don't realize how good he is because right. he's in Detroit. Exactly. And, you know, when did Barry Sanders ever have – a great quarterback handing him the ball off. So it's Never. taken the Lions right. years and years and years. Right. Whereas the Packers, and this is not how it works. You don't go from Joe Montana to Steve Young. That's right. not how it works. It doesn't, it you doesn't don't work. Go, you darn sure don't go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Right. And, you know, combined, they got six MVPs. And in the last 30 years with those two guys, they've got two Super Bowls and they've been to three. Two it's, it's, it's amazing. That's embarrassing. It, it really is. But, but that goes to the Green Bay Packers organization as a whole, right? They have – the lineage is so strong there that they believe that we'll be able to get guys and turn them into Hall of Famers or we'll get the next Bart Starr, we'll get the next Brett Favre, we'll get the next Vince Lombardi. Like, we don't have to worry about it because it's Green Bay. No, on the, on, on, on the contrary, you have to do things the right way to strike gold. Like if your scouting department sucks and their scouting department sucks, Bryson, it really yep. sucks. They haven't drafted like, well. They're not going to find those guys because they don't have the talent in the front office to do so. You know, there's a on occasion you can be 
bad at your job, but you'll be able to do something right occasionally. Like you'll you'll buck up on a good pick. But for the most part, you're going to be bad. And this is exactly what Green Bay has had. Because Aaron Rodgers is so great, he's been able to mask a lot of their deficiencies over the years. But this franchise has a lot of deficiencies, whether it's at head coach, whether it's at their skill positions, whether it's at defense, whether it's at their offensive line. There's always been something where you're just like, why, why can't they just get it together? Like, w- there's something missing here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, they don't take risk. I mean, just look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you know Aaron Rodgers was just, I mean, fuming on the sideline just seeing yeah. Tom Brady go from an organization that towards the end just wouldn't give him enough help. Right. Uh, he, he goes to Tampa Bay. And they go get Antonio Brown. They go get, well, I think the Gronk thing was more of Tom Brady's doing yes, it. But yes, yes. They go get Leonard Fournette and they're and, and, and they're putting this team together. They, they've drafted well over the years and they're being aggressive. And, and, and this offseason, we're thinking, okay, two or three of the defensive starters are going to leave. They all they keep come back. everybody, Barry. They keep yeah. everybody. Yeah. They, they give everybody their money. And the Packers, who have all kinds of cap space, won't go get JJ Watt. I, I just I mean, don't understand. The, it. the Bucks. And I know they just drafted Kyle Trask last night. Uh, Kyle Trask is not the future in Tampa Bay. No, he's not. Um, when when Tom Brady retires in, in two to three years, the Bucks are going to go right back to being irrelevant. Right. But what they're saying is, you know what? I'd rather be great for a few years than just good. Right. Uh, I, I, what's what's the old cliche? Like, good is the enemy of great. Right. Because you're, you're, you get satisfied <laughs> after a while. Yeah, yeah. Which, you, you know, the Packers must have forgotten that in between Bart Starr and Brett Favre through the 70s and 80s, they were hot garbage on the 4th of July. They yes. were awful. Yes. So yes. that's – it's Tampa Bay kind of epitomizes like, man, let's go after it now. We've right. got the greatest quarterback ever. Let, let's go for it. Yeah, yeah. And Green Bay just doesn't have that mentality. Right. They, they, they're just very laissez-faire. Ah, you know, we got Aaron. It's fine. It's fine. We'll, 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 be, we'll be okay with winning the division or being contenders, being a wild card team and getting to the playoffs so we can continue to sell tickets. Like, they, they're not looking at it from a – our quarterback is turning 38 years old. Time is not on his side. We need to make sure that we, you know, we kind of execute and get this, get get as, as good as we possibly can in this short window that he has. You know, Aaron, can Aaron Rodgers play another six years? Of course. But is that going to happen? Possibly not. I don't see Aaron Rodgers being a guy that wants to play into his mid-40s. I just, I just don't think he's that type of guy. I think I that you. once, you know, once he hits 40, I think once he sees that his skills are starting to diminish, he will walk away. He's not going to be one of those guys to kind of continue to play while his skills are eroding. He's not going to do it. So they they have to know that time is ticking and you have to make sure that you surround him with as much talent right now. Because, you know, had you said, like, like you said, had they got a J.J. Watt, had they, you know, kept guys on their their offensive line and and added some some pieces on, on offense in regards to whether it be for free agency or in this draft like if they would have went heavy with offense who knows what we would have seen with green bay next year that you now put like just think about Devonte adams to me is probably one or two in regards to being one of the best wide receivers in football you give you put more weapons around a guy like that his numbers now get worse he now gets more scary because you have to worry about other guys. I Can't this double. guy right, this guy has been doubled and tripled and still has been this productive in his career. You give him more help, it's scary, Bryson. It really is. And yep. for for the organization, 
for me and you to be able to sit here in our in our houses, watch football and understand this and people that are getting paid in that organization don't. It just it baffles me and it really makes me realize that it's not about how smart you are. It's about who, you know, sometimes when you get jobs, because that Green Bay organization, that staff, they at some point. It's going to be they're going to have to overhaul that and get some real smart football guys in there, because what they have right now, it's not working. It really is not. It's not working. Like, look at the Jets. Even the Jets right now look like they have things going in the right direction. Well, so far, I think the Jets had the best draft so far, you know, and and that's let's let's go ahead and just segue into that. Uh, Night one was, in my opinion, surprising in some ways obviously there was a lot of things that kind of fell into place but jc horn going eight and then the broncos taking sertan at nine bryson i still to this day it's been a couple days now i don't understand it i i just don't understand why denver would do that they have already a good secondary yes their secondary was fine the def- defense was not the problem for, for Denver last year. Drew Locke was the problem. Drew Locke was the problem last year. So what, what are your thoughts on the top 10? What are your thoughts on the first round? And do you agree with my sentiment in regards to those two things just, did, just, just didn't fit to me? Well, you know, what you notice with Carolina since Matt Rule took over, you know, the, the last year, well, Cam Newton didn't play much in 2019. He only played yes. two games. But we saw the – Panthers defense was 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 clear, clearly the issue. Yeah. So the Panthers 2020 draft, all their picks are defense. We see it right now. The Cowboys are doing that right now. Right. Um, and so they they draft JC Horn, who in some people's eyes are, are, are is, is better than Pat Sertan. He he yeah. reminds me a little bit of Richard Sherman. His yes. ball skills, he's big, yes. he's physical. Yes. Um, so I, I think he'll work. The Pat Sertan pick didn't make much sense to me because look, if Denver thinks they're gonna compete with Mahomes in Kansas City, Herbert in L.A., and Derek Carr in Vegas with Teddy Bridgewater. No disrespect <laughs> to Teddy Bridgewater, right. but it, 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 that, that ain't winning, winning the division. It no. sure is not putting you in the championship picture as no, well. No, it's not. No, it's not. So I was surprised that they didn't take Justin Fields ninth overall. Um, listen, I, I think Pastor Tan's the best corner in the draft. I, uh, I think I he's, he's arguably the best defensive player in the draft. But what you did was strengthen a strength. And right. I, I can promise you that as good as he may be, he may make 10 Pro Bowls. I don't know. He will never make the kind of impact that a franchise quarterback would. He, he just won't. Right. Um, and, and so the top 10, something else, and I talked about this with, with Mike Guido on my show yesterday, what didn't make sense to me in the slightest. Look, I think Jamar Chase is going to be really, really good. Why did the Cincinnati Bengals not take Panay Sewell? Well, remember when we were talking on um on 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 Ryan's show, Clutch Sports Talk. Shouts to Ryan. Yep. Um, you know, we said it like you know that pick is gonna tell us a lot about Cincinnati, how they feel about their quarterback. You know, you look at that scar on his knee, and you say, okay, we need to protect you at all costs. And I loved it, like 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 you said, me and you were in agreement with this. Is that Jamar Chase is a free? He's a great player, great yes. player. But if you if your quarterback doesn't have time to get to a Jamar Chase, what does it matter? It's not going to matter. He needs time to throw that football. Not saying that the the Bengals' offensive line is trash. It's not trash, but 
you're getting a guy like Penny Sewell that could be a bookend tackle for the next 15 years. That's what you're looking for. That's exactly what you're looking for. So I, I'm with you, man. I didn't, I didn't really understand it. It was, it, it puzzled me as well. Definitely puzzled me as well. I don't want to see Joe Burrow become the next David Carr or the next Andrew Luck, where right. they're drafting skill position players. You know, the Texans with Andre Johnson, great player. Right. Uh, you know, with with the Colts, they they had T. Y. Hilton and they 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 added Reggie Wayne towards the end, and they had some good tight ends. But it it didn't matter because Andrew Luck was having you know playing with a lacerated kidney in right. some games. Right. Uh, you know, David Carr was sacked more times than any quarterback in the history of the league his rookie year. Right. And that's, you know, what ended up derailing what could have been a promising career for him. Correct. I don't want to see that be the case with Joe Burrow in that. Yeah. Like you said, it's if you, if you had to ask me who, who, in my view, the best offensive lineman in the league today is Quentin Nelson. Quentin yes. Nelson's a freak. Yes. Best receiver. In my view, you could, you could go Deandre Hopkins. You could go with Devonte Adams. Give me Quentin Nelson over those two guys as great Absolutely. as they are. Absolutely. As great as they are, because if your quarterback cannot stand upright, it's not going to matter, it and he's going to have a shorter it, career, it and you're going to screw matter. your franchise over for a decade. And you know, so, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That, that, but that's that was my a year ago. You know, I, I took a little bit of heat from this. I didn't think Joe Burrow was going to su- succeed in Cincinnati, right. and this was a big reason why. Because Cincinnati, because, <laughs> it, well, Cincinnati, yeah. I mean, you know, they blew Carson Palmer's career and yeah. Boomer Esiason's career. Yeah. Now they're going to blow Joe Burrow's career if they don't fix this O line quickly. Right. So that that's that's my view on it. Something else though, before you get into your next point, yeah. Uh, I, I, I got I got to be honest, um, as much as I loved Trey Lance over Mac Jones, and you know that as well as anybody. Yes, yes, yes. That uh, I was genuinely shocked. Yes. That the 49ers took him. I agree. I agree. I agree. Be- because, you know, we saw Kyle Shanahan say in the press conference afterwards, he said, you know, we trade up to the third overall pick. And for some reason this and, and I don't know if San Francisco leaked it out. I don't know what happened. But in his, you know, basically what he said is the story leaked out. And we just kind of played along with it. It, right. it, was, it was a smoke screen. We liked Trey Lance all along. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But clearly this was their guy. And they, according to Schefter, they kind of blindsided the scouting department in that regard. Yeah, that was funny, man. That was funny when, when he said that. But obviously, I think I think you kind of have to say that if you're Kyle Shanahan, you got to pick up your quarterback like this is the guy that we wanted all the time. You're not going to say, well, we thought about Mac Jones and then we settled for Trey Lance. Like you're going right. to say like this was our pick from day one. So, you know, it's a, it's a little tongue in cheek uh, about what he's doing. But going back to the Bengals a little bit and then we'll move on is that what, what really shocked me about Cincinnati is that they have arguably one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play this yes. game in their, in their hall of fame and in the overall hall of fame, Anthony Munoz, yes. you wouldn't draft the penny. So it just like, to me, he, and didn't Anthony Munoz make the, make the pick. Uh, he, and I don't think so. I think he made the pick in like the second round, second round. Right, right, right. But it's like, okay, you have the lineage, get this guy, get Penny Sewell. Like the guy is so athletic. He would be able to keep your quarterback clean. That's what you're looking for. You're not, you can always get flash. You you know what we've noticed over the last couple of years too, Bryson, and then we'll move on to the other picks in the draft is that there's, there's this cop that there's this connection thing that everybody wants now. They, you know, they played at the same school, so we have to, we got to keep them together. We got to keep them together. You know, LSU connection. You have the, uh, the Clemson connection. You, like, but like that, that's the thing with Jacksonville. Like, I didn't understand why they took Travis Atien, all because of the connection with Trevor Lawrence. They already had Robinson. You already have Robinson, so it's like, you know, whatever. 
let's let's move on before I get upset. Um, Kyle Pitts. I knew that once they took Trey Lance, once they, uh, once San Francisco took Trey Lance, I knew that Kyle Pitts was going to Atlanta. I knew that that was going to happen because everybody is in love with Trey Lance. I think, like we said, Trey Lance is the number two guy in this draft to me in regards to quarterback. I think he's the, I agree with you. I think he's the most talented quarterback in the draft completely. Like, you know, Trevor Lawrence is ready-made. He's going to have a, a great career, but he doesn't have the ceiling that a Trey Lance has. Like, there's no cap to that guy's ability. He can be able to do what he wants, when he wants, when he realizes how good he is. He doesn't realize it yet. You know, he only played at uh, Dakota State for what, one year. So, yep. you know, that that that's that, there's a lot more to unlock with that kid. But I was watching the draft with my with my boys, and I want to know how you felt about this. The Cowboys traded back to 12. I said, okay, I think they have their eye on somebody. I don't know exactly who it is, but I personally, in the back of my mind, I didn't want Micah Parsons. I didn't want him. Really? Didn't want Micah Parsons. They took Micah Parsons, and I was, I was upset. And the reason why I was upset is because I know Micah Parsons is a super athlete he's a superior athlete he's just one of those unique guys that you can be able to just throw out there and let things happen I'm looking at it more from a technical standpoint is that where is he gonna play is he gonna get enough snaps to be effective in year one because we need effectiveness in year one how did you feel when they drafted Micah Parsons were you excited were you reluctant were you kind of like eh blah move on to the next one or you know like what were your thoughts about that Micah Parsons pick the short answer was I was pretty excited to be honest with you okay um going into the draft over the last you know couple weeks it it was kind of three guys I think were being talked about uh, going to the Cowboys it was was Kyle Pitts all the fans wanted Kyle Pitts um there was no way he was going to fall down to 10 no uh but then the two defensive players which I argued they needed much more than Kyle Pitts is Sertan, I would have been okay with J.C. Horn, but Patrick Sertan and, uh, and Micah Parsons. Now, I was, I was crossing my fingers for Sertan, so it broke my, broke right. my heart when Denver took him. <laughs> but the way I viewed it is, okay, they could have taken Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Obviously, their, their offensive line has had some issues staying healthy yes, yes, uh, yes. over the past few years or so. But the way I look at it is this. A kid from Clemson last year by the name of Isaiah Simmons, Cardinals took him. Free. He's a guy that can just – he's a defensive player. He's not a linebacker. He's not a safety. He is a defensive specialist. Right. Okay, you, you can – you can – Jamal Adams is kind of like this. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, Micah Parsons at 260 pounds ran a 4.39. He ran a 4.39. Yeah, that's And crazy. so you can put him at pass rusher. You can put him at linebacker. With this new scheme with Dan Quinn, he's going to play. He's going to play. It's just – they're going to line him up all over the place. He is going to be a nightmare to game plan for. So um, I think getting an extra third round pick from the Eagles was huge. Get you an extra defensive player. I think they took the corner from Oklahoma state. Um, oh, I, I like, I like what Dallas is doing. Just taking yeah. multiple corners, just yes. hoping that one of them pans out. Right. Um, and so getting an extra draft pick moving back, you know, obviously they didn't need Devonte Smith at all. Um, and then obviously the, the 11th pick they you know, Michael Parsons was not the board there. So I think they got their guy. Um, and it's a short answer. I, I, I love the pick, uh, you know, long answer. I, I, I think it was, uh, I think it was a smart cal- calculated move by Jerry Jones 
trade back, get an extra pick, and get you a star defensive player for the future. Yeah, definitely, man. I listen. I I I was emotional about it at first, but once I kind of thought about it and let everything sink in, I think Micah Parsons was the right move to make. I think, you know, it's time for the Cowboys to not think splash all the time and just go get yourself the guy that is going to help your team the most right now. And where we need the most help is defense. Yep. So we can be able to have multiple playmakers on defense, which we've never really had in regards to guys that can take the football away recently, not saying historically, but recently we have not gotten guys that can be able to create turnovers. And that's a problem. When you have a defense that does not create turnovers, you put yourself in a hole offensively. Like, you know, you put more pressure on your offense and that's, what's been happening over the last few years with Dallas. So like you said, you know, they're just throwing all of these, you know, picking all these defensive guys, hoping that a couple are going to stick. And I believe that that kid out of Oklahoma state, big dude, man, six, three corner, like that, that to me, that may be the guy that can be able to really impact on what we're doing defensively. Because when you got a guy that big and that physical, you can be able to create a lot more pressure up, up front. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Dan Quinn incorporates all of these guys. And, you know, I, I'm really excited, man. I, I think I think so far the Cowboys have done really, really well. But I guess I will ask you, who do you think has had the best draft so far? Obviously, the draft is not over. Um, you know, all of these rounds, five, six, seven, that's where you you kind of build the foundation of your team. Um, but what do you think, like, who's had the most uh, impressive draft, in your opinion? I think there's a lot of teams you could put in there. I think Miami's done a good job. They added yes. some defensive players, taking Jalen Waddell. You know, there is there is the Alabama connection with Tua. Right. Um, I think, you know, actually, I, yeah, I probably would go with the Miami Dolphins for that very reason. Because, oh. you know, look, Tua, Tua didn't play well last year. He wasn't trash, but he, he wasn't. He didn't validate being the, I think he was the fourth overall pick in the draft last season. So funny so, that he had a normal rookie year that you would expect for a rookie. But the fact that rookies have up the, the, the ante over the last few years, people look at him like he's a bust and it's not, it's just, he may need some more time. Yeah. I think if you give him a full, because people forget last off season, he was more focused on rehabbing his hip right. than improving his game. He, he had to get that healthy before he can do anything on the field. So Absolutely. I think you give him a full off season you know, learn the system that much more. I think we'll have a more normal training camp, a more normal, uh, you, you know, I don't know if we'll have OTAs or OTAs or not, but you give them a preseason. I'm assuming the preseason is going to be back. And, uh, and listen, it's the old Bill Parcells saying, if, if I take a quarterback, I'm giving him three years. Uh, the first year, you know, he's going to have his, his, his bumps, you know, along the road, uh, you know, year two, we need to start seeing something. And if he's not that guy by year three, then we're going to cut ties with him. Um, I think what, what Miami is doing is saying, okay, Tua, we, we're, we're giving you a guy you're comfortable with. You've already got the really good tight end, uh, Gasecki. Um, our offensive line has gotten better. We already have a great defense. Yeah. And look, we, 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 you know, using Fitzpatrick and Tua back and forth, we went 10 and six and we're a win away from the playoffs. Exactly. So they're, they're right there. So if, if Tua can take that big step that we've seen quarterbacks take in year two, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, even a guy who I'm not that big on, Carson Wentz, right. then you, you, you might have something. Yeah, no, definitely, man. I, I agree with you. I think Miami, Miami is in the, I call them the catbird seat. They're in the catbird seat because they, they're playing with house money. They weren't supposed to be this good this early. And now it kind of puts them in a situation like, okay, we really have some good players here that we didn't realize we're going to develop this quickly. 
So now we have all of this draft capital over the next few years. They're going to be really, really good. And, and yeah. they're, they're going to have their pick of the litter in regards to where they go, what players they get. They're, they may even start to be a destination because I think, I think Brian Flores is, is a hell of a coach. He's a great I, coach. I love Brian Flores. I love his attitude. Um, I love his demeanor. I love how he gets his team prepared. I always believe that a head coach is responsible to get his guys ready for Sunday. Yep. And he does that. He does that better than, you know, most guys I've seen. So, you know, shouts out to the Miami Dolphins. I like what they're doing. But I'm going to say it again, man. I, I, you know, we were talking off air. I love what the Jets have done. Besides Zach Wilson, I think they've had a stellar draft. They have done so good. You know, trading out for Vera Tucker, that was a that was huge. huge. That was huge because he he's one of the 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 the, the good guards in this game. Um, you know, them getting Elijah Moore. I thought that Rudy Ray, uh, I thought that Rondell Moore, excuse me, I, I'm saying Rudy Ray Moore because my boy always says Rudy Ray Moore. But Rondell Moore, um, I thought he would be the pick for the Jets there. But, you know, Elijah Moore is really good. He's he really, is. really good. And, you know, that wide receiver core now is starting to come together. You have Moore. You have, um, you know, they got Corey Davis over there now. They have um, – what what's what's the guy's name? Uh, Do they still have Pierre Garcon? I don't think they have Pierre Garcon. Or did he move? They, I think they. I think he moved. Um, what's the guy that they had last year? They're 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 they're, they're good receiver. What is his name? I'm, anyway, I'm drawing a blank. Right yeah, I'm, there draw, with I'm, you. I'm drawing a blank. But you know they got Pettis. They they have some good weapons over there. So um, you know I, I like what the Jets have done. I think that they're going to continue to to draft well. Um. I just, Bryson, I, I, I just don't, I'm not a Zach Wilson guy. I'm just not a Zach Wilson guy. Like all of, all of these quarterbacks that we've seen go, you know, they all have their, their, their strengths, their weaknesses. You can pick apart their games and say, this needs work. This needs work. You can say the same thing about Zach Wilson, but there's something about this kid that, that doesn't scream confident to me. Like you, when you see uh, 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 Trevor Lawrence, confident, yeah, big guy, strapping guy, you know that he knows he's good. Trey Lance, big guy, physical guy, has that that look about him. Even Mac Jones, he's not a physical, he's not a physically gifted guy. He doesn't have a great body, but he understands the game, and you know that he knows what he's doing, right? Right. Uh, Justin Fields, same thing. Like, he, there's a confidence with this kid. I don't see the confidence with Zach Wilson. I look at a kid that there's this there's this video circling around on. on I think I know media. what you're talking about. Is that everybody's post? You know, they're posing in the yeah. camera, and he's looking like, what the hell is going on here? Like, he's he's like a a duck out of water. He I just, don't think we're in Utah anymore. Yeah, like he was just looking around like, I don't know what's going on here. You're going to New York. Like, if, if you're a kid that's looking like that and you're going to the biggest melting pot on the planet, I fear for him. Right. I really do, Bryson. Like, I don't think he understands what's ahead of him. 
And that's why I believe <laughs> you had uh, Robert Sala say, hey, listen, we're not looking for you to pick us up. We're going to pick you up. This is why you see the organization taking the steps that they're taking, Bryson. They're, this is not by accident. They are making sure that they surround this kid with so much talent that they don't that, that he can't fail because they understand that they're playing with kid gloves. Like they have to like approach him with kid gloves. They got to put this kid in bubble wrap and protect him because he doesn't look like a guy that can lead your team. I'm sorry. He just doesn't look like a franchise quarterback. Like what do, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like I like talent alone, talent aside, it's not about the, the plus arm strength that he has. It's not about the different arm angles that he can throw from. I'm just talking about the look that he has. Does he have a look of a quarterback that you have faith in? Well, you know, you kind of you kind of saw my line there. If if he fails, it's not going to be because they didn't put the adequate talent right. around him. Right. I, I think I, I love the hire of Robert Sala. I thought he should yes. have gotten the job last year. Hundred percent. Um, you know that they 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 drafted an offensive lineman in the first round last year. They did the same thing this year. They added a a, a, a in my view a first round talent wide receiver and Elijah yes. Moore from Ole yes. Miss. And so, you know, it's. It's not like Sam Darnold a few years ago where he didn't have Jack to work with. Nothing. I mean, no weapons, awful offensive line, bad defense. I mean, it, it, was, just, it was a mess. <laughs> and so if, listen, you know, we, we thought for the longest time that Trevor Lawrence was going to New York until the Jets, you know, screwed messed up. up big time by yes. beating the Rams, then beating the Browns back to back and just, right. you know, costing, them, costing themselves a shot at one of the best quarterback talents coming out of college we've ever seen. Right. And so when we're going through that period before, you know, they, they ended up winning a couple games, I'm thinking, okay, I'm worried about Trevor Lawrence in that the Jets time and time again have screwed up quarterbacks' careers. Yes. I was never worried about him worrying about the New York media. That that, right. that was never, ever a exactly. question. I think he can handle it. Uh, I agree. That, that, was, that wasn't the issue. So I'm with you in that Zach Wilson does not – uh, what, what's the word uh, exude that kind of confidence that you would want in a future franchise quarterback. And keep in mind the defenses that this kid's going to have to deal with. Oh New England my goodness. Got better. Uh, you look at the Buffalo bills are yeah. really good defensively. And then you look at the dolphins are great defensively. Right. So he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to pick up information quickly or this is going to be a long 2021 for Zach Wilson. Um, he kind of falls in that category for me. I was, I was, you know, kind of the five first round quarterbacks. He kind of falls into that. It depends on what they put around him. Yes. Kind of group. Yes. And they put the talent around him. It appears yes. like they're, they've been aggressive. They've drafted well the last couple of years or so. So it's all about, okay, can this kid come out and produce? And I'm, I'll put it this way. I'm skeptical. I'm not saying he can't I'm not saying he's going to be Joe Namath. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying I, I'm right. skeptical. Right. No, definitely, man. That's the, that's the best word to use is skeptical. I think out of, the, the five quarterbacks that everybody was talking about, I think he had the biggest question marks to me. Uh, you know, everybody knows what Mac Jones is. Everybody kind of knows what Justin Fields can be. But there were more question marks about Zach Wilson than anybody else. Now, I guess we'll segue into my guy, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Here we go. Mac Jones ends up falling as I knew he would after Trey Lance got picked at the, at the, you know, by the 49ers, I knew that he would drop right to new England. And this Bryson is the perfect 
place that this type of quarterback can go to. You go with Belichick, you go with McDaniels, they know exactly what that kid does well and what he doesn't do well. And when you have that as a franchise, as a coaching staff, you're going to be fine because you know exactly what his limitations are, but you also know where the strengths are, and they'll be able to more dial that offense up to his strengths because with Brady all of these years, that's how they played their, their, their offense anyway. A lot of quick, you know, quick reads, you know, one step drops, just get the ball out quickly. Uh, make sure you, you, you know, uh, the check down is there, uh, you know, little, little two, three yard outs. That's how they play. And Mac Jones is going to be very, very successful in that system. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you feel that there was a better place for him to land other than San Francisco? To be honest with you, I actually think landing in New England for him as far as schematically was actually better than San Francisco. Right. Because, look, Kyle Shanahan likes to move his quarterbacks around, yes, and that, yes, that yes. would not have worked with Mac Jones. That's going to work perfectly with Trey Lance right? Um, in the future. So he does go to New England, and, again, they, they did play a style of offense with, with Tom Brady where it's get the ball out quick, uh, you know, very methodical, not – not yeah. sexy to watch, but it hey, it works. Right. So no big um, plays over the top. Just kind of you know move the ball upfield. Up yeah. I think I think the thing that again makes me so skeptical, if you're looking at him specific specific specifically with the New England Patriots. Yeah. Is Tom Brady's last year, 2019. You know they get off to the eight no star. They didn't really play anybody, but once they started to play adequate competition, I don't know what happened. Right. But the the the, the receiving talent just went. <laughs> it nosedived. Yeah, yeah. So it was when, when, he, when you sat back and looked at, and this is why I pushed toward the end of that year for Tom Brady to leave, which he ultimately did is they, they ran the same style of offense that they did for 20 years. Yes. But when guys can't get open, then it it's a work. big problem for a quarterback right. that can't move around, which, you know, Tom Brady is not known for. Right. Neither is Mac Jones. So, you know, I know they were showing tape during the draft on ESPN. Booger McFarlane was pointing out like, when this dude gets outside the pocket, he can't outrun defensive tackles. Right. So that's that's my biggest concern, man, is he's got an average arm. He can not, not even close. You know, people forget Trevor Lawrence can move. He had a 61-yard touchdown run against Ohio State a couple years back. So He's a big, he, he's he a big guy, but he can move, yeah. Yeah, Zach Wilson can move. We all know Justin Fields and Trey Lance can definitely run. Right. Matt can't. And I'm not saying he's got to be, you know, Michael Vick, but he, he does got to be able to extend plays because in today's NFL in 2021, you know, the, 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 these offensive coordinators like to move the pocket. Yeah. And if yeah. you can't deliver those on-point throws, then it's, 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 it's going to be a problem. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I think I agree with you on those points in regards to there's, there's challenges ahead of Mac Jones. Like, we have to see what type of player he develops into because, you know, his, his specs right now, okay, he's not fast. He's not this. But, you know, we, we don't know exactly what this kid's work ethic is. We know how smart he is. We know how quick he can be able to dissect the playbook. Uh, it's going to take him a while to get uh, Belichick's and McDaniel's playbook down because the New England system is not an easy system to, 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 uh, to understand. You know, Cam, Cam Newton said that it was a really, really hard system to kind of learn. Year two, I think you're going to see Cam a little bit more comfortable in that system. So it kind of takes you two years to figure it out. So Mac Jones is going to have enough time to sit there, study, understand what's going on. And when he's ready, 
they'll be able to unleash him. But I just, I, I always go with the notion, Bryson, that if you're accurate in high school, if you're accurate in college, you're going to be accurate at the next level as well. You're going to be accurate in the NFL. And Mac Jones is accurate. He knows how to get you the football where you need the football. So other things in regards to improving his, his foot speed, he can be able to do that. You know, there's, there's things that you can be able to do to, to create a little bit more quickness, a little bit more pocket awareness. He can be able to learn a little bit of that. You can be able to learn how to audible at the line of scrimmage. You can be able to learn how to possibly, you know, improve your arm strength a little bit. Brady has done that over the years as well in regards to improving his arm strength, keeping that consistent. But accuracy is what's going to allow Mac Jones to be successful in this league. Because if we learn from anybody, Drew Brees never had a great arm, right. but he was deathly accurate. And that's what that's what you're looking for. So I'm curious to see what happens with Mac Jones. We have this, we have this bet going. You know, we still yep. have to, we still have to sign on the on a dotted dotted line and see exactly what the parameters of this bet is. We'll figure that out. But um, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting to watch to see how he develops there how they utilize him and, you know, how New England goes forward in regards to are they going to be a relevant team in the next five or six years. So I'm, I'm really interested in seeing that. I think, I think this is going to in, invigorate and renew some energy with Bill Belichick. I think he's excited about this because I think that that's a guy besides Fields. I think Mac Jones was a guy that they were really, really looking at and they wanted. So the fact that they didn't have to move anywhere to get him was it worked out well worked out very well for them um let's move on to the nba lebron james comes back and he looks good looked good uh he went six for 12 i think he had 16 points eight rebounds eight assists they ended up losing to the sacramento kings last night after having a nine point lead going into the fourth quarter they give up 32 points in the the fourth quarter lose that game down the stretch and I heard Anthony Davis talk that, you know, they're, they're excited about LeBron James being back. But as a Laker fan that I am, I am really, really concerned about this team right now, Bryson. I don't think that they're going to survive as, 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 as good as people think that they are. Like, there's no switch to turn on. There's no switch for them to say, okay, we're going to figure it out. Like, I, I just, I don't see that happening. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that there is a switch that they can be able to flip and be able to be one of the best teams in, in basketball again? I think LeBron individually time and time again has shown us that he can flip the switch. Yes. Um, I think what we've seen with, with this Lakers team in the last month or so, even with Anthony Davis, you know, coming back from injury is just, I mean, similar in some ways to Brooklyn, they got to play together. Like yeah. they got to get some minutes together. That's why I think LeBron kind of had to come back when he did, right. because look, you you gotta you got gotta get some minutes. You gotta get your legs, you know, back into into basketball shape. And so, um, by the way, keep in mind, there's what do we got? Eight games left in the season yeah, eight or for, nine. for the Lakers. Or, right. They're only a game and a half out of the play-in. Right. So you got to worry about having to play extra games, right. do or die games. It's a best of two. Like right. if you lose twice, season's over. You're out. And so. 
I think, and, and I've, I've been consistent on this all season, that home court advantage, and I know more fans are getting back into the arenas, which is great, but I think home court advantage is virtually irrelevant this year, not as much as last year because it's in a bubble. Right. But the only thing different is you're traveling. Correct. The, the fans aren't going to play that much of a factor in, in your road playoff games. And so, um, look, when I, when I say, can the Jazz beat the Lakers four times in two weeks, I say no. I'm, I'm actually more concerned about Phoenix now at this point. They're playing good basketball. Chris Paul uh, is playing great. Devin Booker, um, it's looking like they're going to be the number one seed. I, I actually think Phoenix is the Lakers' biggest problem in the West. Uh, you, you know, you, you and I be, feel the same way about the Clippers. They'll find a way to screw it up at some yes, point. Yes, yes. Uh, Denver, you know, Jokic is unbelievable. I think without Jamal Murray, that's going to really hurt them in the long run. In the playoffs uh, especially, yes. Because in that series, you know, against the Lakers last year in the conference finals, I, I actually think Jamal Murray outplayed Jokic. Yes. And so without without him, that's that's you know that's going to hurt them in the long run. Maybe they could push a series with the Lakers six games. I don't know, but I, I can't trust them to beat them four times in two weeks. The number one question for me is what what again whether they can get those minutes together is 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 huge. But once they have to go on these long you know road trips for these playoff games. That that's that that's kind of where I'm at right now is, you know, obviously, you know, we don't know what LeBron is, but I even heard him say last night, I may never get back to where I used to be. This this ankle injury was that serious. He is 36 years old. Uh, You know, Anthony Davis has an Achilles issue. So that the nuts, that's always a red flag. Right. So I am also concerned about the Lakers. But then again, when you look at the rest of the West, I, I don't see anybody that can beat them. Yeah. I mean, listen. That that is the theory. Is that when they're when they're right, they're the best team in basketball. Like you know, the Nets are the Nets, but if the Lakers are right and they're flying all all cylinders, they're clicking on it. You know, they're the best. But what I see is something that maybe everybody else doesn't see right now. But I I got a picture about what the Lakers will look like when LeBron James is retired. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. LeBron James is not here anymore. He's retired. He's, you know, he's owning a team somewhere, owning six, six, 10 teams or whatever he's doing, you know, being, being the great entrepreneur and the businessman that he is. And we're stuck here with Anthony Davis being the number one guy. That should concern Laker fans. Can you see that? Yeah, that's your concern, Laker fans. So, you know, it, it's it's something that I I am really really concerned about. I am nervous about. I don't understand how they're going to be able to function with Anthony Davis as their number one because what I saw with him. And 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 Drummond and uh, uh, what's his name Schroeder, it, it just doesn't seem like a a, a a a a team that is going to contend for you know a spot in the in, in the Western Conference with Anthony Davis as your number one guy. I think Anthony Davis is the prototypical number two option. He cannot be your alpha dog, and we're we're, we're in for maybe a really depressing post-LeBron career for the Lakers if Anthony Davis is the number one. Because I, I just, I know he's hurt. I know he's not 100%. But I also don't see the leadership qualities that 
I expect out of a guy that talented, especially coming off a championship where he was one of the focal pieces of winning that title. I expect more out of Anthony Davis. I don't care if the Achilles is, is bad. I need to see leadership. And what I'm seeing is a ship that has just been floating out in the water with no guidance. There's no captain. Now the captain's back and maybe the captain is a little bit more impaired than he used to be, and he can't find the shore anymore. That's how I feel the season is, Bryson. Like, I, I think that they're so far out that they can't steer this thing back to shore. No matter how good they are, sometimes it's just not your year. And it, that's what it seems like to me in L.A. I just don't think that this is their year. I think next season... I think the Lakers come back strong. I think they come back on a mission. But too many injuries, too, too much going on, too many moving parts on this team right now. I just don't see – I don't see contender. I really don't. I, I don't see contender. You know, we look at them as LeBron and AD. I just don't – I don't see contender, though. I really don't. Well, I don't know if all the pit, uh, the, the pieces fit together. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I thought I thought they had an outstanding offseason initially when it happened. You get the sixth man of the year, Montrez Harrell. You trade for Dennis Schroeder. Um, you add Wesley Matthews, who's been a no-show this season. Um, I, I think I think Ben McLemore has kind of been what they thought Wesley Matthews would be. Yes, yes. Um, my question to you, though, would be, if the Lakers are not the favorites out West, who do you believe is? I actually don't, I don't think that there is a favorite. I think that. Right now, the West is more wide open than it's ever been probably in, a, in, in, a, in the last decade or so, is that there's not one team that I can say is better than the other. Like Utah, Utah's, okay, Phoenix, they're, they're looking good, but historically, we all know that Chris Paul can't really win the big game. So do you actually trust Chris Paul to get you to the NBA finals. He's never been there. So, and there, and sure. also they're a young team. So they even don't have the experience to even go deep into the playoffs and say, Hey, listen, we've been here before. We know how to figure this out when they're down two games to one or they're down three games to two. Like they don't have that experience. Uh, you know, you have the Dallas Mavericks, another young team injury uh, is issues with their big man, Porzingis. Uh, you have the Clippers. Don't want, I don't even have to say anything about them. Everybody knows when they, they listen to my show, they know exactly how I feel about the Clippers. You know, you continue to go on, and it's every team has their, 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 their good stuff, and they have their bad stuff. So I think this year is just a melting pot of, hey, if somebody can get hot, I can see them getting to the finals. Not the fact that they're the best team in the West. It may be the hottest team in the playoffs that ends up being in the finals in the Western Conference. That's almost a little baseball-esque, right? Because we've yes. seen number one season baseball go down in the division series, right. whereas the hottest team, you know, pitching, you know, offensively, you know, they get to the World Series. Um, I think at the end of the day, if, if there are no favorites, which I would agree with you there, it comes down to who do you trust the most? You just talked about Chris Paul's had his struggles in the playoffs. The Clippers, as an as a organization, have had their struggles in the playoffs. Yeah, We don't really trust Utah. I'm, I'm going to ride with the ship. I trust LeBron James at the end of the day. You were also discussing, you know, Anthony Davis, and this is something I've said on the show many times, is 
He's a top 10 player in the league, no doubt. He's as good as they come. Right. But is he the guy I want leading my organization for, you know, 15 years? No, I, I really don't. He's, no. he's never shown that ability to be uh, that guy that galvanizes an organization. Right. Uh, he had a, he had some de- not great teams, but decent teams in New Orleans. He had Boogie for a while. He had Drew Holiday and Rondo, and and Meritich was a great shooter. Like they had some guys there, and it, it just never really never right. really came together. Right. So um, really, what you've looked at with the Lakers is it's 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 the reincarnation of the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, because you've you've got talent. You've got Harold. You've got Schroeder, um, Drummond. But if if you don't have that. You know, leadership still, even in the NBA, leadership matters. And Mattis, right. Uh, if you don't have that guy, then that's it, it's it's going to hurt you in the long run. And I think without LeBron, if the Lakers win a full season without LeBron, I don't think they'd be a playoff team. No, I agree. I agree. I think I think that they they're looking at the lottery if 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 you have a right. full season without LeBron because it's just and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate that Anthony Davis can be such a talented player, but the leadership qualities are not there to be able to 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 hold the franchise down. And the Lakers, they need to understand this thought quickly. I think if Rob Palenka wants to really push this team forward and put the parts around that that's necessary for this team to sustain, you know, long-term success, he has to understand that his second guy is a second guy, not the, the, not the second guy, to be the first in waiting. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not, yeah, he's not that he's not that he is a legit number two. And if LeBron James is going to be, you know, if his game regresses over the next few seasons, Rob Palenka is going to have to get somebody else in here. He's going to have to make sure that he gets another guy that can be able to, you know, keep up the scoring, take the pressure off for Anthony Davis. Uh, I just don't see Anthony Davis being the guy that can handle LA by himself I really don't and you know we saw a little sample size of that like I said obviously he's hurt but I see beyond that I see how the team functions I see the confidence they have no confidence right now this is not a team like you know they talk all I hear is circle talk out of them it's all yeah you know we're not worried yeah we're not worried uh you know LeBron is here now we're fine we're fine we're fine I can read through that because you can be able to tell me something in a press conference. When we're in, when I see you in a basketball game, I see your faces on the sidelines. That's what tells me the truth. What you right. say post game doesn't mean anything. I know how to read faces because I played basketball my whole life. I played at a high level. I know exactly what body language and that type of look looks like. When you know that we're in trouble, you know that, man. If we're not hitting any shots tonight, it's gonna to be it's gonna be a bad night. That's how they look against the Sacramento Kings. That's how they looked. Think about that. And the Kings got beat by darn near fifty against Utah and gave up one hundred fifty points. There you go. So th- this, if if uh, Vogel is not concerned, he should be. He should be. This is a team that is floundering. There, there's no confidence. I think Frank Vogel is trying to find combinations still that work, and he's still not able to do so. I just, as a Laker fan, like I, you know, coming off a championship, Bryson, I, it feels like the Lakers haven't won a title in 15 years. How I feel right now, it's like I don't feel 
confident about where they're going. I just don't. Now that can they can they get it right? Of course. And then probably in a month or so I'll feel different. But I have to be a realist. I'm not one of those people that are gonna come on here and say, oh, they're still the best team. No, there's concern here. And if we are a real fan, you have to understand that and accept that and realize that this may be a lost year. It's okay because injuries happen, you know, sometimes guys don't fit. That's probably what we're looking at right now. So, you know. We, we've seen over and over where there's been teams, you know, I go back to, you know, I'm a Warriors fan. I go back to the 2017-18 season. They're coming off a dominant championship run. They right. got 16-1 in the playoffs. Right. And then the following year, Steph's dealing with injuries. I remember even Clay got hurt. KD's dealing with injuries. Draymond, I mean, everybody got hurt that year. And toward, towards the end of that season, I think they went like four and six in their last two yes. games. They got yes. just dominated their last game of the season against Utah. And it still was kind of like, you know what? We've got the best team in the world. Get Steph back. We'll be fine. And, of course, they had the scare against Houston. But outside of that, they were, you know, they were well on their way to a second straight title. Right. I, is, the question is, is, is that the case with the Lakers? And I think they do need to string together some wins. One, for, for morale, for confidence. Number two, they have to. Like I said, they're a game and a half out of the play-in. Like, they don't want to play extra games. They, they, need a, they need a week off before the playoffs more than I think anybody out West. Correct. So, I think that's, that's the thing you got to look at is if they can flip that switch, like we've seen great teams do in the past, um, great. But if they can't, then, then you're in some real trouble. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like I said, I'm worried about how they're going to be able to put this team together in the, in the offseason. Like, say they lose. What is the plan? What is the plan? Because Harold is, I'm sure he's going to opt out of his deal, become a free agent, and see if he can be able to make some more money elsewhere, which is fine. You know what I mean? How do you fill out this roster with your two stars making that much money and maybe the market is not as strong this season? How do you improve this team? It's really a concern because now Schroeder looks like he wants to test free agency because he wants more money more than the four years, $84 million that they were offering him, which is nuts. He's not even worth that. And he no. thinks that he's going to get more than that. So, okay, you might lose Schroeder, right? Who's your point guard? Who's your six man? Where's your rim protection? Because Drummond's not coming back. No. So we're, we're going to be looking at a very peculiar team in this offseason with a ton of question marks. They win this title this year and win back-to-back titles. I think you can, you can kind of be happy or be kind of content if they kind of fall back a little bit, right? Back-to-back titles, it's hard to win three straight. Cool. But if they lose this, if they lose in these playoffs, Bryson, this, this is a very, very big offseason for the Lakers. I'm talking about maybe the biggest in their, in their history because – there's so many question marks. You don't really know what's going on with this roster. They have a ton of free agents. Uh, Caruso is up. You have, you have Thornton Tucker, who's up. You have Schroeder, who's up. Drummond, who's up. Harold, who's up. Gasol, he might as well be up and retire. Yeah. Right? Uh, Wesley Matthews on a one-year deal. L- listen to what we're talking about here. You're all, all you're going to have left is LeBron and AD on this team. How do you fill out this roster? How? Your guess is as good as mine, man. 
it's I'm telling you, man, they're in they're in some hot water here. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to see how how they're going to be able to um to to finish out the season. I'm interested to see what the playoffs look like. But I had put out a video on Instagram as well as YouTube about the state of the NBA. I wanted to get your point, uh, your, your take on this, that. For years now, the NBA product in the regular season has been very blah to me. You know, it's it's all about getting to the playoffs. It's all about who's going to play in the playoffs, who's going to be in the finals. We always talk about that in basketball, if you realize, right? In, right. in football, it's week to week. You know, we talk, we, we talk weekly about the sport, what's going on, what the trends are, who's hurt, who's, who's, who's going up, who's going down. Baseball, it's the same thing. You can you can dissect the series. You can dissect, you, you know, you can kind of go into the, the next two weeks and say, hey, listen, this is a big series coming up, blah, blah, blah. Like, we got to make sure that you finish seven and three in this homestand to make sure that you have, uh, uh, you know, good momentum going into whatever road series you have or whatever road trip you have. That these things matter in the other sports. In basketball, though, doesn't matter. Like, we don't care about the regular season. Adam Silver doesn't care about the regular season. The players don't care about the regular season. And I think that it's time for them to focus on the divisions. If you make the divisions matter and mean something, I think you put more excitement, you put more drama, you put more suspense into your regular season, you allow fans in their particular marketplaces to feel more joy and, 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 and excitement for the regular season. Cause it's like, okay, cool. We, we possibly are not the number one team in the West or the East, but we can win our division and have a top four seed. That's what we're looking for. Like, do you think that the NBA, other than this playing tournament, which is a great idea. Yeah. Do you think that they need to, really focus on paying attention to divisions because they're the only sport that doesn't. Right. No, I, I think that's, I think that's a great idea on your part because look you know, in baseball, man, winning the division is matters. Huge. It matters Maybe not as much as it used to be because now there are eight teams yes. in the playoffs as yes. opposed to the normal five. And it used to be four. Right. Um, NFL. It's obviously huge. You at least get one home game, you know, yes. Washington football team at seven and nine got, got a home, home playoff game. Right. Um, let me give you one division though, that next year, if, 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 you know, what you suggested would come into, you know, come into fruition, the Pacific division out West, you got the Lakers, oh. you got the Clippers, you got golden state fully healthy, right? Man, Phoenix, that would be a war. That would be crazy. Bro. A war. And, and, yeah. and, and listen, and you, what, what it would do Bryson is it would, it would ignite rivalries. Yes. Yes, it would. It would really allow people that are fans of whatever team to really get that rivalry going. Like, you know, I said it, I said it in the in the little clip. And that was that was episode 70 of the uh, All Even podcast. Please check that out. Um, that it, you know, Dodgers Giants is a huge rivalry in baseball. Yep. Like it doesn't matter if they're good or bad, they hate each other. Yankees, Red Sox, it doesn't matter mm. if they're good or bad. The Yankee fans, if if you if you have a plus uh, record against the Red Sox that season, it's a win, and vice versa. That's what divisions do. When you play each other more than once, when you play in each other more than any other people that you're playing, 
it should matter. And in basketball, we have divisions, right? Pacific division. We have the Atlantic division. We have the, 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 all of these divisions, but they don't mean anything. So why have divisions? It should just be the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. Why split them up in divisions? It doesn't matter. It really no, doesn't. It doesn't. No, that's, I, I agree with you there. It doesn't matter. And that's, you, know, you bring up baseball. You, you also, you know, you had the Cardinals and the Cubs hate right. each other. Hate each you look other. at, you know, you know, the, the NFL, when you've got say that the Cowboys and the Eagles, right. And you want to talk about a bitter rivalry, bitter, um, you, you know, like you said in the NBA, I know for years and it was an interconference, it wasn't a division rivalry, but it was interconference, man, the, the, the days of the Warriors Cavs rivalry, right. Were great outside of the last year when it was just LeBron and a bunch of guys against the fully loaded Warriors. Those first three years, man, you, you had some, I mean, you had some all out battles. You had, you know, probably if there was one play that, um, that you could put a stamp on and say, okay, this was, this is one of the great rivalries in NBA history. Uh, and it's, it's not a fond one for me as a Warriors fan, but remember in game six in 2016, when Steph goes up for the pump fake, LeBron doesn't bite and just blocks him out of bounds. He's talking yeah. junk to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, and again, as, as a huge Steph fan, I was like, oh, okay, he, he, he means this. <laughs> we don't, we don't see that in the NBA don't anymore. See that there's, anymore. There's no, right. there's no, and, and you do hear, you know, sometimes you hear these uh, former retired players, they talk about today's game and sometimes they are hating a little bit. Yeah. But I will give them this. That you know, after games, you're not dapping each other up and hugging and right. and getting exchanging phone numbers and stuff. No, you didn't like each other. Right. We, we can be friends off the court, but we ain't friends, you know, in, in inside the lines. That's right. So, um, you know, I saw what Chris Paul did with Paul George the other night. It was, it was right. kind of a little old school. Loved it. So, Loved um, it. I, I I think I think it's a a brilliant idea. Make the divisions matter again. What's the point of having a division if it if it means literally nothing? I just don't understand. You're it. just playing I, the next a few extra times a year. That's right. really the only thing it does. But I mean, come on. I just I I really don't, like it, it. It's it's crazy to me, Bryson. How, like I said, going back, you have intelligent people in these positions, and it's like all the how how much would it take to just say, yeah, let's just put extra incentive on these divisions because maybe you know it'll make our TV deals a little better. It'll make the local deals, local TV deals better because now people are more invested. People are not invested in basketball the entire season. That's the problem is that I'm a huge basketball fan, Bryson. Same here. And the only reason why I watch games is because I have a podcast to watch them. If I was just, you know, leisurely just watching TV, I'd rather watch a movie than a regular season basketball game because they've told me that it means nothing. Right. They've told yeah. me this, you know, uh, uh, you have, you know, guys that are sitting, you get load management. You got guys that just take days off because they want to take days off. Like Kyrie. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're not going to carry up, but you know, it's, um, this is what the NBA, this is what they've created. This is what they've made their fan base believe. You know, I, I, I said that you would never watch a movie, right? <laughs> if the movie's telling you, you got to focus on the end. Like, like, focus on the end credits, focus on the end credits. There's nothing in the middle of this. There's no subplots. There's nothing going on. It's just the beginning, and then there's the end. You'd never watch that movie. You'd never watch. It would be the worst thing you've ever watched. But yet, <laughs> yeah, we watched, but, yet, but yet we watch the NBA every year. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. We get excited for the rec for, for the start of the season. Everybody's always talking about, okay, you know, what teams are going to be good, blah, blah, blah. And by the time you get here, you don't care. 
You don't care. You're just waiting for the playoffs because there's nothing else to wait for. There's nothing else to wait for. And that's why, especially once you get towards, you know, Christmas, uh, that's why even, you know, I know the NFL had the great idea, I thought, of having, you know, the Saints and the Vikings play a, a Christmas right. afternoon game. Right. I think the ratings were just, it was almost double. Like, yeah. I think Golden State and the Bucks were playing that day. Yeah. That's the second game of the season, man. Who cares? This is, this is the Saints, the Vikings. They played in the playoffs before. Exactly. This game meant a lot for the Saints. No, Alvin Kamara had a, a huge game that afternoon. Yes. So, and I think also um, a few years ago, back when Cleveland and Golden State had that classic game on Christmas. And, and by the way, there, there's a regular season game that felt like a playoff game. Right. If we could have more of those, man, it, the NBA, would, the product would be that much better. Right. Um, but go back to 2016, I think the Steelers and the Ravens were playing for the division. And, uh, and, and the Ravens were kind of, uh, they were neck and neck for a regular season game and a finals rematch. Right. So that, that's, that's kind of a dilemma that the NBA has right now. And, and that's, you know, something they got to address. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Now, let, let's touch a little baseball. You are a big-time Red Sox fan. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any issue with the Red Sox. My Mets have beat the Red Sox in the World Series, so everything's fine. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we had a discussion the other night where the Boston Red Sox had played the Mets at City Field, and I said to you that Boston will win this game. And you said to me, okay, I can see how they're going to win the game, but what do you think the score is going to be? And I said, one nothing. Boston's going to win. The Grom is going to have 15 strikeouts possibly, and they're going to—they're not going to score any runs, and they're going to lose. Bryson, what ends up happening? One nothing. Have you ever seen anything like this Met conundrum with Dick, with Jacob Degrom? Have you ever seen anything like it in baseball? This year's a little different in other years because the Mets I saw the other night are last in the majors in. In in uh in everything with runners and scoring scoring positions, so they can't they can't you know they they can't get big at bats. They can't you know drive these runners in when they absolutely have to. Yeah. Um. I, I swear to you though, I think we second inning was was when we got our only run. I think it was like a, a just just a base hit guy scored yes. from third. And I, I swear to you, brother, I was praying. I was like, please, God, let this. I don't want to score the rest of the game. <laughs> just keep our pitching. Keep doing what you're doing. I think we only gave up like two or three hits. Just, right. Keep it going, man. Well, this this will be classic. This will be the classic Jacob Degrom start. Six innings, you know, three four hits, one earned run. Man has an ERA of zero point five one. I ridiculous, ridiculous. And, you know, I, I was telling you the other night when we were talking about this. Like, I remember a couple of years ago. I think it might have been 2018, 2019, when it was between Degrom and Scherzer. And Scherzer had a yes. great year. Yes, but. They were saying Scherzer has like a twenty-two and four record, and Degrom was like eight and nine. Right. And I, I, I've always, I've always believed this: a pitcher's record is the worst way to, to judge him. Agreed. ERA is what's all about. Right. ERA, ERA whip. About. Yes. Yes. And, and, and yep. so, you know, Scherzer's ERA was hovering just under three. Degrom's was like one point eight something. So okay. it, it, it was not the man's fault that they were. It, what, what was the game last week or? A couple weeks back, where he drove in two runs and and oh, only he's been gave up one. he's been doing it all season. He, he's literally he's batting five hundred. He has like four or five RBIs. He he may if he goes on this pace, he may end up winning the silver, silver slugger as a pitcher. Like this is what I'm. It's it's. I am so I don't get it. I am so furious with this Met team because here's my problem with them. And I want to know if you agree. And then we'll, you know, we'll talk a little Boston and Red Sox baseball a little bit. 
Um, I don't think that Luis Rojas is a good manager. That's one. And I, I don't feel that these batters understand situation. Like they don't look prepared. They don't, they look like they are, they're all in over their heads. I yeah. think the only person that I'm going to give a pass to is Lindor because, you know, other Met fans, oh, Lindor is playing terrible. He spent his entire career in the American League. It takes time for him to adjust to National League pitching. It's a different game. It's different pitchers. You gotta, you know, you 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 gotta do your homework in regards to what you're seeing out there and 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 certain matchups and analytics and all that stuff. He's gonna do. He's gonna do fine and adjust. It's the other guys that concern me. Michael Conforto's, um, you know, the 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 James McCanns. You know, Brandon Nimmo's having a deep, but you know, all these Pete guys, Pete Alonzo, even, you know, he's, he's okay, but we're just not, every time I see them, they don't, they just can't get a hit. I've never, like, I've seen bad offenses with my teams over the, over the years, I've seen them. This is probably the worst I've seen. And it's, they're it's not bad. They're not, they don't have bad players, but they are not hitting. Well, so what, what do you think is the problem? Like, is there something that can be fixed? Or is it just something where they're just all going through a slump together? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? There's a lot of things that's, it, that's in play. I agree with you. I think Rojas is not a good manager whatsoever. Awful. Awful. Um, I, I think it, it really – I genuinely felt bad for Mets fans a year ago when you had the whole Astros cheating scandal oh, go down. My and, you know, Beltron lost his job. Broke my heart. And I, I really did think that he was going to be the guy that could possibly turn this franchise around. Definitely. Um. And, of course, that didn't happen. The Mets didn't really do much last year. And then this year, obviously, they had Francisco Lindor. And I'm thinking – and they signed him the extension. I'm like, okay, here we go. Maybe they compete for uh, for the NL East. Right. Hasn't been the case so far. Now, you know, we're only, what, 20-something games in. Long, long way to go. Long season. Maybe they are in a, in a slump together as a team. Maybe that's the case. Uh, because they do have talent. They, have, they do have good hitters on the roster. You talk about – uh, you talking about Conforto had a you know, great batting average not that long yeah. ago. Jeff, uh, you, you Jeff look at Francisco Hill. Lindor, best shortstop in the game. Yeah. Uh, you look at Pete Alonso, one of the best power hitters in the game. They've got a they've got a solid lineup. Um, is is it about? It, 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 does it all come down to managerial decisions? Does it all come down to, um, you know, the inability to come up in clutch situations against the Nationals and against uh, you know the other the Braves? other teams in, in the NL East. Um, that, that to me is the key for, for the New York Mets right now. Right. Right. Now with the Boston Red Sox, they're in first place right now. They look great. Um, I think that they're, that they're surprising a lot of people. I don't think that anybody picked Boston to be this good early on. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on how they've started, how they look and what is your biggest takeaway from the team so far? The biggest takeaway for me is pitching. That was right. my biggest concern going in. The, the offense is fine. You got yeah. J.D. Martinez going back to his 2018 self, leading the oh, league in, in homers. Uh, Xander Bogarts is one of the most underrated players in baseball. Uh, Rafi Devers, third baseman, has had an unbelievable season. Um, I thought, you know, obviously I was just shattered when they traded Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. Yes. But the guy they got, Alex Verdugo, he's looked pretty solid at the field. Yeah. Um, but Pitching to me was the biggest concern going in because that was the biggest problem the last couple of years. 2019 coming off the World Series title, right. only won 81 games. And then last year, you know, didn't even compete for a playoff spot in the American League and the pitching was just awful. Uh, starting pitching bullpen, that has been my number one takeaway with the Red Sox. And that's 
that's why I think they probably have the upper hand on the Yankees right now because the Yankees, I mean, for years, how long have the Yankees been looking for an ace? I mean, they, they thought they, I thought they had it in Garrett Cole, but he's gotten off to a eh, start and their bullpen is not very good. So that's why I think right now the Red Sox got the upper hand on the Yankees. They'll get it together. You know, New York will, they'll get back in the division picture. Again, it is a long season. Today's May 1st. So, um, but I, 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 I thought the Red Sox could be a surprise team in the in the American League, looking at, looking objectively as as a Sox fan. But I didn't see first place in the division twenty something games in. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Um, you know, like I said, they 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 have surprised me. Um, the Yankees. I tried to I try to tell my Yankee fans friends this that you know this team they're very top heavy, and for what I'm seeing, it's not. You know, they they've they've kind of dodged the bullet the last couple of years, Bryson, in regards to they've had a ton of injuries. I've never seen a baseball yeah. team have yeah. that many injuries and they still are. You know, they still ended up having a good season in regards to, you know, winning so many games and being 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 so close to contendership in, in, in a World Series and all that stuff. And it's like at some point, though, it does catch up to you. Like sometimes you're not that lucky. And it may be that situation now where they're just not that lucky. Now, you know, it's still early, but I always tell people as well, it doesn't matter what team you root for. Even though it's early, there's certain trend lines that you have to pay attention to. There's certain things that your team does that if they continue to do, it's going to have them come short, come up short, whether it be the division, whatever it be winning a championship and the Yankees, are a team that don't they don't get situational hits. They are they are not good with runners in scoring position. They are a home run hitting team and that's it. When you're a home run hitting team, it's it's not a good place to be because you know, swinging for the fences every time out is just it's not plausible. It really isn't. You know who they remind me of a little bit is because obviously I'm not anti-analytics. I want to make that clear. I'm right. not anti-analytics. I think you have to use them to some degree. Yes. But the Houston Rockets were also top-heavy. Yes. They had James Harden, Chris Paul, obviously Dan Tony as the head coach. Took as, it took 53s a game. But once they ran into the monster in Golden State, it all fell apart. Exactly, yes. When yes. You know, you're the Yankees, even when, you, when the Yankees, who are more top-heavy than, say, a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, Tampa Bay – they don't have big name guys. Nope. But man, are they deep? Right. By the way, I don't know why they traded Blake Snell. That that'll never make sense. But great pitching, unbelievable bullpen, best bullpen in baseball. Um, guys like like you mentioned get situational hits. Yes. Um, that is again that's been the bugaboo for the Yankees for for the last few years since since I guess the rise of Aaron Judge, if you will, and then trading for Giancarlo Stanton. Right. Um. That that's that's why I think what's what's held them short. You know, they they matched up, and I get it. Houston was using buzzers and trash cans and all kinds of crap, but uh, <laughs> it was that that's what they ended up running into is yeah. a team that, for their cheating ways, they were deeper than the Yankees. Yes. So that and that that's what that was what ended their season in 2017 and 2019. And you know, a deep team like Boston in 2018 went out in four games. Right. Right. So that's 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 kind of where I'm at with with the Yankees right now. They're they're too they rely too much on analytics. They're swinging for the fences every time. And look, when you got power hitters like the two guys they have, uh, along with with other guys like um, DJ uh, who's the first baseman's name. Um, uh, uh, shoot, uh, Voy. Voy's Voight. a great power hitter. Um, 
you know, they have, they have guys that can, can hit the ball 450 plus feet, but yeah. um, do I trust them to just, just, just get on base, just get on base, you know, stop, stop the momentum of the, of the other squad. Um, no, I don't trust them to do that. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Last question with the baseball and then we'll wrap up. We'll go to rapid fire after this is, do you see anybody touching the Dodgers? No. <laughs> no, I don't. no, I don't. They haven't played great in, in, in recent. I got to be honest with you. I think their biggest threat in the national league is, is the team within their division, the Padres. Mm. Um, I freaking love Fernando Tatis, man. Yeah, yes, I, 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 I love watching him. So, um, so much vigor and so much energy that he brings to the game. man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously they got Machado and they got Hosmer. Um, I think they're the, the Dodgers biggest threat. Maybe they, maybe they push them six or seven in a, in a championship series, but, Man, this team's so deep. I mean, the, the rotation, you got Bueller and, and Kershaw, and uh, I don't know if, if David Price is going to be back soon. Um, yeah. You, you got Trevor Bauer, former Cy Young winner. Obviously, you got two f- former MVPs and Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, and, and, and you got guys like Muncie and Josh Turner. I mean, this team is stacked. Stacked, yeah. Stacked. I, I don't – I darn sure don't see anybody in the American League touching them once we get to the World Series in late October, but – Man, outside the Padres, maybe I don't. I, I can't see anybody touching the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, man. They are, they are a scary baseball team. Like you, you know that, that I don't. They don't have a weakness. Every baseball no. team you can be able to say, okay, they you know they 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 don't have this particular thing. They don't have the this bullpen's thing. a little iffy, but outside of that, yeah. no. But you know, with that starting pitching, man, come playoff time, they can do so much creativity in regards to how they situate their rotations or who they have in the bullpen and who they don't it's they they are they are a dangerous dangerous team and they can beat you in so many ways which is the scary part you know what i mean it's 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 phenomenal so i i agree with you i don't think that there's when they're on the top of their game there's nobody that can even touch them when when they're on you know if they're having a struggle in regards to like you know going if they go 20 and 24 in a in a in a in a six or eight week span I still don't feel that anybody can be able to touch them. And that's the scary part. Even when they're bad, they're still good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Even when they're good. bad, they're still good. So, you know, I, I agree with you with that. But, you know, the baseball season has been very exciting so far. I love what I'm seeing. I, I love baseball, period. I just, you know, that's my favorite sport. Um, so I, I, I tend to watch more baseball games than I watch anything else. So, yeah. um, you know, definitely excited to see the rest of the season. But let's get into rapid fire, my man, Bryson. Let's do it. I am going to spit off some names, and I want to know who you think is better than who. I'm not going to debate you. This is just all your opinion. Um, best hitter of all time. Would you say it was Pete Rose or Derek Jeter? <laughs> Pete Rose. Okay. Best third baseman of all time. Are you going to go Alex Rodriguez or do you go Nolan Arenado? Nolan Arenado is better defensively. I would go with Arenado. I like Arenado. Best slugger would you have albert pujos or would you have mark mcguire albert pujos 
That's fair. Better pitcher. Nolan Ryan. Roger Clemens. Nolan Ryan, without a doubt. Okay, let's see. Better Red Sox pitcher. Roger Clemens. Pedro Martinez. Pedro. I'm going Pedro all day. <laughs> all day. All day. Okay. Here's another one that may, that, that, that may trip you up. Fa- better Red Sox. Manny Ramirez. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. <laughs> Manny, man, I love Manny, but <laughs> Manny was my guy, but no, nah, Big Poppy. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Most underrated Red Sox. Trot Nixon <laughs> or or man, you're you're going for it. Or Nomar Garcia Parra. <laughs> oh, I love Nomar. I love Nomar, man. Yo, no, listen, Nomar was one of the most underrated players. Like he was one of the best yes. when he was playing, man. It was always him, A-Rod, and Jeter that were in that mix. You know what yep. I mean? Like, you know, you're a young guy, but I'm sure you remember that. You know, oh, what I mean? of course, of course. But uh, let's see. Okay. Better player. Ken Griffey or Barry Bonds? Ken Griffey. Nice. Nice. Okay. Better score in the NBA. We're just talking about scoring now. Not overall player. James Harden or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. Nice. I think the, I think I know where you're going with this. I, I'm going to ask you anyway. Who would you rather have at point guard? This is the first pick that you're going to have on your team. You got to build your team up. Steph Curry or Allen Iverson? That's actually kind of hard. Um, yeah. I, I love AI. But I got it with Steph. Okay. Okay. Better pure passer, Magic Johnson or LeBron James? Magic, but not by much. Not by much. I, I, I like that. Let's see. This, this may be a hard one, too. Better athlete, LeBron James or Russell Westbrook? LeBron. LeBron played, 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 was an all-state football player as well. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Let's see. Better three-point shooter, Reggie Miller or Ray Allen? Reggie. Nice. Okay. Let's see. Better player, Tracy McGrady or Paul George? I actually think Paul George is a better overall player. Mm, overall, the, whole package. You're, you're the first one that's ever said that. <laughs> I, I can't just let the bubble cloud me. He, I mean, he's listen. We know, we all know what he is in the playoffs. But. Yeah. No, nah, that's fine, man. I like that. That's what I'm saying. It, it's, it's all your opinion. I'm not going. I'm not going to fight you with it. Um, better defender, Draymond Green, or Dennis Rodman. Draymond can guard one through five. So can Dennis. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Ah, Dennis. <laughs> That's fair. That's good. Um, 
Let's see. Better big man. And I'll give you three. Is it Hakeem Olajuwon, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or Shaquille O'Neal? Kareem. Nice. Okay. Last question. Who would you rather have taking the final shot? I love this question. Would you have Kobe Bryant, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, mm. or Dame Lillard? All these guys are so clutch, man. Kobe, all day. You're going Kobe. All day. You're going with the Mamba. All day. That's right. I like that. I like that. Respect, man. Well, Bryson, listen, this was fun, man. I, I, I thank you for coming on the show, bro. You know, um, definitely going to have you on again at some point. So, uh, you know, just let everybody know where they can find you, what you got going on, because, you know, you, you, you're out there working, man. You got to tell people that you're out there working. So, uh, yeah, starting starting in January, I started, you know, broadcasting my show live. Uh, it's on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, uh, you can follow me at Carving It Up Pod. Uh, obviously YouTube is, is carving it up with Bryson Carver. Same with Facebook. Uh, I, I live stream Monday, Thursday, and Friday at 6 PM Eastern, 3 PM Pacific. You can find, uh, the podcast on, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google podcasts and anchors. So, um, just inviting people to check out the content. Uh, I've had you on the show before I've had other great guests on the show. So, uh, just hope everybody checks it out. Yeah, definitely, man. Listen, just keep working and you know, we, we talk all the time, anything you need, I'm here. Um, Likewise, man. So yeah, thank you, and you know, continue to do what you're doing, man. I'm always, I'm always listening. I'm always in that, in that live. Every time you have your show, I'm always in there dropping a comment. So, you're always there. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll always be there, man. So you know, I, I look forward to hearing some more, and you know, continue to 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 have success in what you're doing, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. I like to thank my homie Bryson for coming on the show. I said, bright future. If he continues to want to pursue this. Man, he, he going to have something special. But either way, man, you definitely got big things coming. Just don't don't throw shade at my man, Mac Jones. It's not allowed on my show. It's not allowed on any platform <laughs> that I'm on. No Mac Jones hate. None. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Saturday. It's all even. This is the God Jensen Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com, where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit. Crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So Kevin Love was the candidate on Tuesday and felt good to let him have it. But unfortunately, <laughs> he's not the winner. There's somebody better. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Tim Tebow, former NFL quarterback, college football analyst, former minor league player for the Mets. He recently retired from that, too. 
Tim Tebow is my because he recently reached out to Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars about trying out at the tight end position for the team. And the team is actually thinking about it. They're actually having internal discussions about this. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Tim Tebow was one of the most decorated quarterbacks in all of college football history, but he was the worst quarterback you can ever see. He was awful. Throwing the football was not a strength. He had horrible mechanics. He did not want to change. Anybody that came to him and said, hey, buddy, maybe you should try running back or tight end. You'll be great at those things. He said, now nah, nah, I, I, I want to play quarterback. My, my, my path is at quarterback. Then flushed out of the NFL and people said, hey, how about you go to the CFL and you know, harness your skills there, get better. No, 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 no. No, I don't I don't want to do that. Maybe you should play tight end. Maybe you should really try out for tight end and see if any NFL teams want you. No, 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 no. I want to play quarterback. So nobody calls him. Nobody cares about this gentleman anymore. He becomes an analyst. Great. Then he comes off of his analyst job and he starts to play baseball wants to fulfill his dream being a baseball player hasn't played since high school this is easy right i played in high school it's the same thing wrong <laughs> he was down there and striking out left and right embarrassing himself then he actually caught a groove and you know got promoted a couple times he didn't make it to the major leagues but you know he, he, he dabbled down there in the minors for a little bit he earned some people's respect and i thought that the world was done with tim tebow in regards to him trying to play a sport wrong i was wrong so all these years that people have been telling you hey maybe you should try playing tight end now it actually starts to process in your head. Now when you're an old ass athlete when nobody cares, now you want to play tight end? <laughs> if this ain't the most desperate move to keep yourself relevant, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. <laughs> He's like 34 years old now and now he want to play tight end. And shame on Urban Meyer. Shame on Urban Meyer for even entertaining this. For even entertaining this notion. Because now you're giving him a shot. You're giving him hope so he can continue to do nonsense. And I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I'm predicting it. If Tim Tebow doesn't get into the NFL as a tight end, he's going to try UFC. <laughs> he's going to try UFC. Maybe he'll call the WWE. Maybe he'll try to be a professional bowler. But I can tell you this. Burger King is hiring. <laughs> Burger King always wants you. I hope Dana White picks up the phone and calls you. Because maybe if a UFC fighter knocks you the hell out, you'll just stop this. You'll just, you'll just stop terrorizing us with all of these attempts to be an athlete. 
it's over. There's been plenty of guys that play quarterback in college, and once they get to the combine, guys say, hey, listen, you know, I think that you'll be better off playing this position because you're going to have a more lucrative and long career. And guess what? They're right. But you are the only person that feels that they were special. Now, I don't want to listen to guys who know more than me. I'm going to play quarterback, and I'm going to throw like a third grader <laughs> with no direction. If Jacksonville turns you down, you know you know you got to be bad. So I hope for the best. And if they do turn you down, there's always celebrity boxing. Call Nate Robinson. Ask him for advice. <laughs> so Tim Tebow, you get chance after chance and you keep taking these L's. But today, you're a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Until then, stay safe, stay cool, peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts are available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.